0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tattashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Time Live. Live. This week, I finally check out DOA 6, the story mode at least. Then, in our final stage, we celebrate the coming of the Mortal Kombat movie by giving you my top five Mortal Kombat games. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Select Start, where justice is finally served. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and this week is not going to be too much of a big week in terms of like news or anything, because one, there's not that too much big game news that is going on especially due to possibly the current events the historical current events that has happened this week and I can't tell you how much as a black man and as an african-american I am coming to you very happy and I won't go into it on that but you you if you, unless you were under literally under a rock you know what happened this week but it allows me to feel very happy very relieved very free filling to come on the show to enjoy the gaming that we get to talk about here and talk about the other things that we'll be talking about this week as well. Remember, this is the eve of the premiere of Mortal Kombat on HBO Max and in theaters. It'll be out tomorrow as well as the series finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I am looking very much forward to that. I'm I'm so hyped about these two uh cinematic events that I went all out. I'm treating this like a MMA pay-per-view fight or a wrestling event pay-per-view. I went out of my way to, and I, it's a bit of a free endorsement thing. I went out on my way to order from Harry and David's. I don't know if a lot of you actually did that. I uh, actually ate from there and ordered from there. They make some, they have some great, great food selections there. I've got a um, lobster pot pie from there. Believe it or not, that was tremendous. And now for this occasion, I decided to go and do my first deep dish Chicago style pizza or my Chicago deep dish style pizza, I should say. So um, I had them deliver that to me. I got one sausage, one pepperoni. I'm gonna do the sausage one uh, on Friday. Well, as uh, you know, when I watch the Mortal Kombat movie and Falcon and the Winter Soldier series finale, along with my ACMG uh, members, that'll be online. I'm gonna be connecting with them. I'm going to be chilling this will this to to bake this thing it's going to take an hour and a half so this is technically my thanksgiving in some cases but i am going to have a blast uh tomorrow i'm going to enjoy this it it was really hard for me not to want to bake these things early it looks really good uh it's very thick this will be the first time i've ever had this so hopefully this and the mortal Kombat movie will live up to the hype so i'm looking forward to all that but in the meantime We don't have anything in terms of news in the world of gaming, but I actually have a review that I'm going to do right now because in our final stage, I'm going to talk about my five favorite Mortal Kombat uh, games that I've played. So we'll talk about that in our next segment, but ah, this is going to be an interesting one because um. This is a really interesting one. Uh, I, I finally—I've been avoiding playing uh, Dead or Alive Six for quite some time, and a lot of the reasons is because of my experience with uh, Dead or Alive Five, and this, this, this structure, this business practice that they're doing by trying to get you to invest in so much of that game, so much money into that game. It ain't funny. Now, it's—it's it's a weird thing, and I wish I knew more in terms of you know, um, insights uh, data towards how much they're making from this game. How many people how how many people are secretly investing in this game? And I say secretly because of the nature of the game. Everybody knows if you played a dead or alive game that the biggest focus, the main attraction is it's etchy. And I'm using the term ecchi in an anime sense. And for those who don't know, ecchi is a term used for a genre of anime that consists of very perverted type of uh, continuity. You know, women with, you know, uh, voluptuous, you know, curves and, um, you know, r- really, you know, really edgy type of, you know, continuity. Some a lot of it is basically comedy. But it plays on the kind of the um, pervertedness, the perverted nature of things, which is cool. It is. There's nothing wrong with that, to be honest. But it's just it's laid on so thick. It's like it's almost embarrassing to whoever, depending on the person that you are, you know, that is watching it. And some people watch this type of anime in secrecy. Some people actually play these type of games in secrecy. There are a lot of, you know, Japanese uh, dating sims that are kind of like this. Um. What is the game that I play? Um the all uh female ninja game. Uh I, it's in the tip of my tongue. Uh Kagora. Uh ah, I forgot that I forgot the name of it, but it's an all ninja girl, girl team. It's probably gonna, you know, come out, you know, come into my mind later on. But you know, these type of games are, you know, it's not embraced by everybody. And maybe in Japan, I'm not sure. They embrace it a little bit better and more mature more maturely than we do but it's one of those situations yeah we they sell it here but not everybody's going to own up to actually you know playing this Dead our life kind of breaks away from that because of it's it's a fighting game but also it has there's a lot of other positives to this game now the there are some negatives to this game as well I say the negatives is not actually the etchy aspect of it as much as how they're pandering to it and how they're playing a playing to the perviness. And at the end of the day, while I don't like the way that they do this to this game, I do. I can't blame them if somebody is foolish enough to buy into this because that's not their fault. They put it out there. People just need to say, like, no, this is way too much. This is not worth it. You know, it's like it's like you could you could blame a person. You can blame a person for doing something, you know, for putting something out there that is risky. But it's up to the other person as well to say, like, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, some there has to be accountability and responsibility to some nature of that. So with that said, I looked at this game and I, I honestly, I am a DOA fan, much to what I'm about to say in this. I am a Dead or Alive fan. I've even watched this, that damn movie. That movie was exactly like for those who watched the Dead or Alive movie and felt like it didn't make sense, there was no plot to it. Well, guess what? They did exactly what they would, what, what it was meant to do, because the game also does not make sense in terms of narrative and, and storytelling. <laughs> None. And we're going to go deep on that part, because what I did was that I managed to I found out when I looked into this and I always like to look at this every once in a while because I'm, I'm astounded by how much they're charging for a lot of the content that they have in this game it's in it's unlike not just unlike any fighting game but any game period they charge the most money for their content more than any game I've ever seen and I still challenge anybody to tell me that there's a game out there that charges more. It is borderline insane. And again, because they're paying, they're playing on the perverse nature of the of their target audience. And I the sad part is I want to say people you know they're not people aren't stupid enough or foolish enough to do this. There are some really gullible or maybe. frustrated or hard off, or, or you know or you know frustrated people <laughs> i guess i don't i don't i don't i don't have a right term to say this without being like bold no <laughs> crude Hard. there's some people that may be hard off on you know not knowing how to socialize to date or whatever i don't know but that's who they're catering to they're catering i don't understand why this is a particular target audience that is worth you know getting money from but it's obvious it's pretty obvious so what i did notice is that aside from the 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 uh the clothing packages the dlc packages with the clothing with different clothing that are like 100 bucks the season pass that is like 100 bucks and stuff like that and then the core characters that range from 3.99 to 7.99 per character there's the story mode for those like myself who just rather play the story mode that involved that allows you to play every character Virtually almost every character in here, I should say. Um, You know, it's 1999, okay. All right, that's reasonable. If you just want to play the story mode, because you can still play as all the characters, Uh, you don't have to play the characters, and you know, you won't have to play the characters as a core character and like the other modes and everything if you don't want, but you could be able to play them all in one in this one deal, which is fine because it's a lengthy story mode at that. So 1999 is reasonable. I give them that. But there's a catch to this. There's always it. it, Oh, I hate this business practice. I think it's so crappy. But so I I invested in this. Got to got the story mode. I knew from the get go that I was going in for a ride because say what you will. I am a fan of Dead or Alive, but it is not the most forethinking game ever when it comes to their stories. It is possibly and to this day, to this day, even with Dinner 6, it is the most fragmented and nonsensical form of storytelling in all of fighting games. A lot of the stuff makes no sense. It's just very random. It's like what goes on in the everyday world of DOA, pretty much. It, there is a story that they're trying to tell, but it, it doesn't connect. It never connects. The dialogue doesn't connect. You don't know what they're saying or why they're saying it or what it has anything. I just got finished from playing mortal kombat 9 10 and 11 by NetherRealm, who does possibly the best storytelling in fighting games bar none i am that much convinced i did a lot of uh you know gaming on NetherRealm games this entire week leading up to mortal kombat okay this is the exact polar opposite and i've played my fair share of fighting games from tekken 7 um which is in a pretty damn good uh, story, Street Fighter, which is a, a pretty good story, it's an okay. Story, um, but Netherrealm by far is the most outstanding, like they t- they t- treat it very seriously. Of course, they work on Warner, uh, Warner Brothers as well, so you gotta have a certain you know prestige as to what you're doing when, when it comes to that storytelling. Like Ed Boon is so good, I've actually talked about how you know him actually writing some of the DC movies because of what I, you know, I went back and played some of these, you know, Mortal Kombat games. I was like, this, Ed Boon is really good. I don't understand why they don't consider him, you know, writing for one of these damn shows. it's, It's just very interesting. But I played through this and my goodness, this thing was, now, but it is fun. It is a fun game to play. You really have to take your mind off. You got to suspend your disbelief to some extent and not take it well I mean I, and not take it as serious as you as you uh probably are about the story, but at least let it make sense to some reason. Like they just are around everywhere. They're walking in town, they're walking in the city, they bump into one of the characters and they just automatically fight. Like, like, they don't just ever go out to hang out and have fun or whatever. They gotta fight every single moment in time. It never makes sense. They got this kind of a core story it involves, um, you know, Kasumi and, and Ryu and, uh, you know, Hayate and all the stuff because that usually revolves around them. And this new character that can apparently, you know, copy everybody's move. She kind of is a kinesthetic learner to some extent. And spoiler alert, she is um, a sibling... Of one of the ninjas. I, well, I'm not really spoiling because I'm not really saying it, but it, it's it still needs to connect. It doesn't. It's so fragmented. It doesn't connect properly because once they get you to one aspect of the story, it then goes into another character and whatever they're doing. So it doesn't all flesh out. It, it, there's no fluidity at all. I I why, watch this story mode in the same way that I watch Street Fighter the movie. With Jean-Claude Van Damme. It makes no sense, but it's just an all-out fun thing. It's a fun car crash to watch. You know, it's not completely terrible in a sense that, like, I'm going to turn this off and never play this again, but it's just, like, at least, the, at least when you get to the fighting part, it just, you know, it's very quick. One match, that's it. You go to just, you know, and for what it's worth, from a Character design standpoint, it's beautiful to look at. The stages are awesome looking. I mean, there is some things to this, but it, it, the story is just terrible. It is absolutely terrible. I I just cannot, you know, I've, especially after playing, you know, the Mortal Kombat games and Justice and just, you know, a whole, even I'll even give SK credit. Like they don't do too much with the KOF storyline of recent but at least we understand and we know what's going on since 94 on to now with the Orochi Saga and the Nest Saga and everything. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't fault them for that. We know enough. If you've been following King of the Fighters since 1994, you know the, the main story of that. Um, even if you watched the recent anime series that they had for King of Fighters recently, which is awesome, it does a great job telling the concrete story of what is going on with the original tournament so i don't fault that but this makes no sense it's basically a loot a very loose storyline that is just like okay we just need something to write here we just need them to do something we got a bunch of uh you know um scantily clad over over the top voluptuous uh, group of women here that's all they're gonna look at that's all they're gonna focus on and to some extent, and I, by the way, I'm not going to say his name, but I had a guy on a, on the ACMG Facebook group. Cause I posted about this who actually at some point tried to defend the story by saying there really is a storyline to this. There is a, you know, now I'm like, dude, don't even do it. Do not try to, do not try to justify this. <laughs> not when you compare it to, more, you know, the, the, the fighting games that I just mentioned. It, this it, There's no way you can defend this. This is no way. It's absolutely no way. So, and then he, and when I explained that, he then agreed to that. And, you know, it was just, it was, you know, at that point. And matter of fact, um, let me see, especially when you, uh, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm looking at the notes right now. It's like, there's no way. Yeah, I, it's like, dude, you cannot pretentiously think that there is an actual story here just because you wanna defend the scantily clad aspect of it, the etchy cat a- aspect of this. And then after that, he agreed to that. And it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Now there is a, I mean, now when I'm saying this though, as I'm saying this, I still say this game has some worth and merit to it because if not for the fact that this core fighting system wasn't very fun to play this game would this game would be a disaster and and controversy in in so many ways to some extent but also what i thought the problem with this story mode too was the kind of the tedious user interface that they have around the story mode which really lacked the fluidity and that's what i was talking about earlier about when they were saying uh when they they actually had it like you start at the prologue you keep going to this core story with the ninjas. And then all of a sudden they go to Bass and, uh, and Nina. And who, 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 where it doesn't connect to anything that's going on in the ninjas world. And then it goes into you know, the other Gangli and all this stuff, which doesn't connect to anything that they're doing. And then you go to Rig and Bass and it doesn't. It's just like what's going on in the world of DOA. And it, nothing really connects to the point. And I, of course, there's the DOA tournament that Zach is putting together once again, but you don't connect them all together. Like all of that is supposed to, I guess, all lead in. It it, it should have all led in to them doing the tournament or finding out what's going on. And then at that, there's some open-ended type of situations involved in the story because the new character that they have that's supposed to be copying, that's that's easily be able to kinesthetically copy every move that they're making. They don't get to the bottom of why or how she is able to do that in accordance to how she is related to one of the ninjas it's just there and even if you read what's going on like you're, you're able to read a little bit of like a paragraph of what's about to happen in a scene it still doesn't connect and answer the questions that you need to it just does not it's like if you buy this story bowl for 20 bucks, you have to understand that you're going to be you know, if you're looking for something for a strong storytelling and character development. This is not it. This is absolutely not it. Um, then, you know, and on top of this, what I hated about this, and this is where they get you, is that they have guest characters in here, which I'll probably mention again. And they're cool. These are really cool, you know, a, a cool merger with uh SK Playmore. And my Shirinui and Cola or Kula from King of Fighters, my Shirinui from Fate of Fury and King of Fighters, of course, are in the game as special guest characters. What I will credit them for is that they added them into the story mode, so they are connecting in some cases. But again, the story mode is convoluted. And therefore, it meant nothing. So The uh, the bad part is Is that yeah They're in a story mode But you gotta pay You gotta buy them As core characters To unlock it They're Each one of them Cost $7.99 That's $16 more Added on to the $19.99 So now you're paying Uh 34 About Roughly about Almost $40 After tax Okay (sighs) I can tell you this after doing that, I can honestly tell you that you don't have to buy those two. If you're fans of my Shirinui and, and, um, and Kula from King of Fighters, which I am fans, I am a fan of, then yeah, you could go ahead and buy it. But once you buy into a core character, there's nothing much you can really do with it. You can play them on a story mode, but there's not much to them in a the story. But I'll at least give them credit because they did bring them into the story mode, even even though the story mode makes no sense. Not only does that not make sense, but also the fact that in a game where there are characters from Japan and characters with different dialogue, but they are all speaking English, and you have my Shirinui and Kula speaking direct Japanese, and I don't, I, I, and it could be, and I, you know, from a, from a, you know, logical standpoint, not every person in Japan speaks English. And I get that, but you would think that a couple of characters who are involved in their own tournament called King of Fighters, which involves characters from around the world. And they've been participating in that for years that they would eventually learn how to pick up English. Like the rest of these characters are, but for some reason they're speaking direct Japanese and we get the subtitle. Well, Kasumi who is, who, who called my along apparently, this is the short story of this little chapter, invited her to be a part of it. Kasumi, who is also a ninja and speaks fluent English. I absolutely don't understand the logic of that. I just don't understand the logic of that at all. I don't get it. I I, I don't know the significance of this. Same with Kula. She's in a, you know, different part of story mode with Nika. Or Nico, who's like one of the newer characters as well. Also, direct English. Like, is, I don't understand the logic of that. But when I saw this, the story mode, it, it really does nothing. It adds nothing onto the story. So you don't really have to buy it unless you're absolutely fans of these two. But it does nothing. And then also, let's talk about the core characters. The core characters in this game, you know you got to buy them separate. Some of them like I said range from 3.99 to 7.99. And what happens here is that you this is the part that they they prey on I don't want to say they prey on a the weak they, they, they pray they they prey on a the naive. There's a high level of naivete that they believe that their fan base is and that they which is why they're charging the money that they have because they're not counting on the idea of the consumer which I say this all the time, the gamer, you can't think of yourself just a gamer because you're paying and investing into your entertainment. But you need to think of yourself as a consumer. And is this worth the money that you're putting into? I can say the story mode, maybe because it's nineteen ninety-nine and you know, the fighting the core fighting gameplay is really fun to play. If even if you take away the story aspect. The core fighting gameplay is really fun. The graphics are great. The environment is great. The stages are awesome. Nineteen ninety nine is worth it. But then you go into buying the core fighters, which range from three ninety nine to seven ninety nine. And there's about how many characters are in this game? Thirty one characters in this game. All right. Aside, I'm going to take two off, so that's twenty nine characters. I'm going to add this on and say twenty nine times 399 oh my god ladies and gentlemen you're spending if you spin on every single fighter plus the story mode which is 1999 plus the two characters oh my god i'm adding this on as we speak just a subtotal of this you're spending 151 dollars and 68 cents for this game if you buy into everything in this game and the bad part of why i don't think this is worth it is because once you get the core fighters the only thing you're going to be able to do is play on the other modes and the other modes include fight which is versus arcade time attacks, uh survival so i played through the core character i brought Rio hayabusa as well and I play through this core character system, this arcade mode. They allow you to play through rookie and then, you know, just difficulty levels is it varies. So, which is good. But then you play through the arcade mode and there's nothing else to it. At least in street, like I'll give an example to street fighter five. When you play outside of the shadow falls story mode, you play the arcade modes, but at least to that credit, when you play the arcade modes, you at least work your way up to getting an ending each each time that you play i spent 60 60 bucks on more I, like i gotta tell you that i spent 60 dollars when street fighter 5 first came out the very first time they came out which was like god that was a long time ago when you think about it, it was like around where um the playstation 4 first came out almost and it's still running <laughs> still running ongoing game people um so I spent 60 bucks on that game, but then they you know, got the upgrades, they turned it to the champion's edition and all that stuff, which was awesome. And it allowed you to have a better game experience with the arcade mode, which allows you to play to an ending, and you play to a different ending every single time. They went out of their way to put in all of this content in here, which allows you to still be immersed in the game even if you're not in the core story mode of Street Fighter V. I think what Street Fighter is doing is awesome i think the way they're doing because if you're going to make people pay that much cash then at least give them their money's worth in a sense that like if you're going to play the allow them to play a game where it allows you to play an arcade mode at least get the arcade mode and the time attack and all the stuff and experience to go i played through arcade mode on Dead or live six it's just an arcade mode you're going through one and I, as a person who's played in arcades even in the arcades to some games you get an ending okay so it's not just you're just playing from one aspect to the end you're also you're also getting it an ending and some type of incentive at the end you're you get no incentive after playing this game and you're paying that much money for each character 151 dollars and 68 cents for one game you could get depending on like whatever if you get a three uh, you could get a new game like your three new games for this or a whole bunch of like smaller games for this right you could get you can invest so much more into other and better fighting games let me tell you i didn't need is mortal Kombat 11 the best game fighting game of last year and damn sure uh the last two years i would say you know because they got the uh they had the aftermath storyline mode that they popped up which was still like about 30 bucks more but it was still well worth it because they gave you so much more, and I think I didn't need, still didn't need to pay that much more than what they're trying to charge you to pay here. Now I just said one hundred and fifty-one dollars just for the actual story mode, and if you play, if you paid for all of the core characters alone, I still didn't even add the DLC that they have with the clothing, which is ranges from $40 to $99. The other, like when you really put it in, it, it this is the same situation that smokers, cigarette smokers did, uh, had, you know, to still to this day, when you really add up all of the cigarettes that you spend on a yearly basis, you realize that you spent a fortune on that. And if you're going to do that, let you do it where it benefits your health. In this case, when it comes to video games, if you're going to do this, at least do it where they give you your money's worth for that amount of money. And I don't think DOA ever gives you that amount of money. Sure, it's 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 superficial in a sense that they give you a whole bunch of flair and glare and glamour and everything. And it looks beautiful. And you got these, you know, hot looking anime looking chicks in there. And um, you got, you know... Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden in there and the characters from that I mean and, and, and by the way I am going to talk about positives to this game so don't you worry there are positives to this game at best but in its core it is not worth it when you do stuff like this so let's talk about those positives shall we I mentioned the graphics character design beautiful cannot take it away that you know the the uh the models that the character models are as be- as great as ever um I can't take that away from that the voice acting it's actually good but you know the lines that they're given are really just it's just it is what it is um the the gameplay is where this is the strong point the core gameplay is still a lot of fun to play it's not as hard as it was once was when the original creator of DOA came in and, and really just wanted to make it a, um you know a cheese fest making it impossible for you to win uh so they tweaked that to make sure it was a lot more fun there you know the character and costume designs are actually great i do like the fact that when you're playing certain aspects of the um of the game that the at least the clothing does shred when you you know and it does dirty up and so they did work a lot too i just don't think that it's still worth doing it you could have them wear their normal clothes that they constantly wear and still go through the game buying the extra content does not add on to anything it does nothing it adds nothing to other than you just wanting to dress up if i'm going to spend a hundred bucks or more than a hundred bucks on clothing somebody it's going to be me i'm going to use that money to go to an actual clothing store and buy gear for me i'm not buying clothing to buy for somebody else okay there is no way i'm dressing up a Fictitious, non-existing character with clothing. <laughs> I'm just not. There's no way of hell. I I don't know if it's just me eating, taking the red pill, but I I see exactly right through all this. There's just no way. Um, they do like I said. They got I love the stages. I love the stages, uh, especially the breakable environments that you have. One in particular, the stage where they have the firecrackers on the ground. So every time you you know get taken down to the ground, and knocked down the firecrackers add on to it so you get hurt from there i love the stages where it breaks you know you're breaking the ground and or you're breaking through the walls and going through another stage or whatever like that so that's awesome i dig that you know i love that it it brings more you know drama to the battle and everything i love the fact that the battles are like not that fast uh or not that uh you know, just quick and easy, just boom, boom, boom. You know, it's just right there. It's a lot of fun. What really makes it fun this time around too is the new game features, the gameplay features, such as the Fatal Rush combo, which uh, allows you to. It sets off a bunch of a number of powerful strikes that could stun an opponent, uh, opponent or lead into a break blow. The break blow is a high impact special move. You could use it uh, individually, or you could use it as a part of the Fatal Rush. But if you do it individually, you got to hit forward and the r1 button to and you got to make sure that it actually connects once it connects it you know everything goes dim and this really cool cinematic scene comes in if you manage to drain their um their gauge you know small enough it could be the final blow that can end the whole entire match and when they when you do they show a close-up of your, your character's face getting knocked out by you <laughs> And it's really cool. Sometimes the cool part is the attention to detail that I like about this is that, again, like some clothing uh, shreds or sometimes if they're wearing a certain hairstyle, you know, like if they're wearing ponytails there, you know, it you knock them so silly that their hair just goes all out and, you know, it just flows. So. I do appreciate the attention to detail there. Um, so you have that. And then you also have break hold, which is the ability to break a move using 50% of your break gauge as well. So that adds on to the level of intensity and impact and fun of the fighting aspect of this as well. Um, like I said, all the characters in a story mode, including the guest characters, but then again, you you know to unlock the guest characters, you got to pay for that. So there's the positives to that. So, um... Other than that, there's the uh, other modes, such as like like I mentioned, the fighting modes, which I say is like you don't really have to buy into that. I would say if you want to play all the characters, just play just play the story mode. You don't don't invest. I I really say it's you could do so much more with the money. For that i didn't do with that um there's also doa quests which is sort of a mission mode nothing really big to that as well nothing no story progression or anything involving it's just a bunch of different modes that allow you to challenge you a little bit more there's training mode which i do appreciate as well online mode if you want to play with people online with your core characters uh doa central i haven't really got into that but it's really probably just another online thing as well also it may actually have the encyclopedia and everything in there as well leaderboards uh which is you know of course just who's you know the most dominant person uh, in the doa uh universe right now so the guest characters by shiranui and kula i do like i do like the fact that my shiranui does play to her characteristics and move sets of the fate of fury series and uh king of fighters series um they do let her do the fan toss so you could you know same you know motion controls that you do with in in the Fatal of fury and uh, uh, king of fighter games she does there the only thing she doesn't do is jump and that means she can't do her um her flying you know move from the top you know z- you know diving down from the bottom that's not a big deal but she is able to do her uh her uh flip into uh an elbow to i always forget the name of that move but also her her uh fatal uh her break blow is the actual finisher that she does in the king of fighter games and the fatal fury game so they they might they assimilated her into this pretty damn good so I credit to them on that Kula also she you know if you played her on king of fighters you know that she has this freezing ability and stuff like that she's a little kid so they played into that really well i i you know for what is worth those two are really cool in the game. They managed to assimilate them very well into the game. Seven ninety nine. dollars um, they are guest characters. You know, it is a big deal to have them in there. And it's even a bigger deal that they, it, you know, and this, despite what I think of the story mode and how convoluted it is, the fact that they did at least put an effort to have them interact with some of the characters in the game like they did with, the, um, with uh, some of the um, virtual fighter characters in the last game. I give him credit for at least doing that because that's something that I feel that that's where Tekken failed. Yeah, they did it with Akuma, uh, Akuma, but or Goki, whatever you want to call him. But then you had Geese Howard and you had Noctis from Final Fantasy XV and then you had Negan from The Walking Dead and and other characters as well and none of them made sense to why they're even a part of the actual universe i mean unless you want to base it on the trailers that they came out with no they need to be integrated into the story much like you know to you know that our life is done and much like mortal kombat and injustice is done it's like what's the point of just bringing them in at this point so now here's the part that i have if i'm going to give this a grade and this was hard I went back and forth with this but it wasn't to the point that i had i didn't have an obvious thing because i went in saying this was a c minus but then again i thought about it a little bit more i thought this was a c plus but then i played this you know playing the story mode and noticing that everybody's in the game including the guest characters i was about to make this a b minus but then i figured out that you had to actually buy those characters and they were 7.99 and then i did all the math and everything and i just went back to a c plus so in terms of a beautiful looking fighting game, this game is beautiful. The gameplay is tight and solid um, and simplistic, very simplistic. There's no not much too technicality to it. It's just a matter of understanding the timing aspect, especially when you do counters and everything. Um, and you got to be a little bit more aggressive to some extent, especially in the story mode, the story mode, not the best in the world by stretch probably the worst story mode in the world if you really you know you got to take your mind away and just not you know get too involved in it because it won't make any sense to you but as a whole and what they're charging for this it's it's it reminds me of going into like a gentleman's club and they're trying to nickel and dime you for every single thing because they got these really attractive women around and such that are trying to you know get you to spin more into them and all that stuff. And it's, it's that experience. And yes, I'm an adult and I know what a gentleman's club and I probably been one or two myself overrated to over, sadly overrated in my opinion, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's really not worth it. And I think that's the mentality is that I, I treat this like I would treat myself going into a gentleman's club, if you will. And I'm not really. I'm not really a fan of those type of environments because I have enough faith in myself that I can have that experience, and outside of that experience, in the real world for free. <laughs> you know, or you know, is it, I I I just feel like that's how I feel with this, and that's how I approach this. So, yeah, if anything, I wouldn't put too much into this. If you're looking for a fighting game with some that, for, that gives you your money's worth. There are plenty of other great fighting games out there that can give you your money's worth. You won't have to pay this much money for it. You know, it's just borderline. I mean, absolutely borderline. If you just want to play the story mode, I just say buy the story mode for $19.99, and that is it. You absolutely don't need it. If you feel that you want to pay for my Renui and Kula from King of Fighters um, and Fatal Fury... That is fine. But just realize that's a $40 investment right there altogether. But if you just want to just play the game, want to play the fighting, you could get a lot of experience and everything and lengthy amount of fighting from these characters on the story mode without having to pay the core fighting, you know, the core fighters. So overall, this game gets a C plus for me it's it's sad because it has the potential to give us so much more but they trying to they they trying to wear us in thin they trying to stretch our you know pockets with this and I don't appreciate that at all So this gets a C plus for me so ladies and gentlemen that will do it for this portion of the show We're gonna take a break come back and when I do we're gonna celebrate the coming of the new Mortal Kombat movie by giving you my top five Mortal Kombat games. We'll do that. Right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as. This is Miley Planning in the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer at Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. We are back with our final stage segment, and in a celebration of the upcoming reboot of Mortal Kombat, which will be available in theaters and on HBO Max tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Friday, it's out today. We're going to talk about my favorite, actually, my top five favorite Mortal Kombat games that I have had the chance of playing. I pretty much played every single Mortal Kombat game. Like I am so, ver- I I you know, looking back, I am very versed in the Mortal Kombat universe, uh, mostly because I'm a fighting game fan. And mostly I love the development of what they've done. And I think people don't give enough credit to Ed Boon. And I say mostly Ed Boon, not John Tobias, because John Tobias eventually left the franchise and Ed Boon pretty much, you know, went along to do it myself. If any of you are hip hop fans, you may understand this reference. Mortal Kombat in a lot of ways. Is probably I would compare them in hip in terms of hip hop, Public Enemy. They were the ones they were bringing in the controversy, but they were bringing they had a huge message that they wanted to show. They came with Mad impact and vengeance. Some cases they're the NWA of hip, of, of fighting games as well. So you know I would compare them to those two aspects. But when it comes to the developers, John Tobias and Ed Boon to me is EPMD. Eric Sermon, Paris. Together, they are the one of the most awesome hip-hop duos of, of all time. Legends in the hip-hop world. When you separate the two, you know that there's going to be a strong point and there's a weak point. You know, EPMD can be also, from a wrestling standpoint, could be compared to the Rockers, uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. <laughs> in this case, if you're a wrestling fan. But in this case... Eric Sermon was the stronger of the two in terms of um, production, rap skills, and everything. Paris was not as good by himself. We've learned this. Eric Sermon, when they went when they split and they went solo, Eric Sermon was the one to rise above the monotony of being a solo artist. Paris did not was not that successful. We go to the same thing here when it comes to Ed Boon and John Tobias. Ed Boon went on to. Take over mortal kombat he created nether realm studios and then from there he worked out a deal with warner brothers and the quality of the storytelling the production everything went better it evolved to an astronomical height mortal kombat has now reached a level that has superseded itself when it was with john tobias i can't even tell you what john tobias is doing right now the last time i seen john tobias was a he did a commercial for shick razors at the at the um game awards. And it wasn't like the most appealing thing in the world. It, it just was like, okay, this is what he's doing now. I haven't even looked up to like when you when it comes to Mortal Kombat, it's only Ed Boone that you hear. And it's sad because they made magic together. But Ed Boone is a household name. Even you know, even if you're not talking about Mortal Kombat because he also went on to work with, you know, Warner Brothers and they started making DC uh, DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat and then or Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe um, and then from that he did Injustice and it was then that I, w- I was thinking, even now, after uh, replaying Mortal Kombat 9, 10, and 11 just re- this, this week you know, I went as far as I had to, I went in. You know uh invested in a month of playstation now just so i could play mortal kombat 9 just so i could you know look back at how all of this rebooting started with the game with their with their system and it has been fantastic (laughs) just playing this i would talk about a lot of that but it's just amazing what they've done since the very first game and then all the way the armageddon and then to go and do it again with mortal kombat 9 and to start it all over again and rewrite the whole thing Genius, just genius with Ed Boone and the other writers were doing for this, but just insane. So I have five of the games spanning through 14 of the core games. Now, I have to say this, there are 14 core canon titles released, which includes sequels and spinoffs and crossovers. Because I added the Marvel, uh, the D, uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe aspect to it. So I had to pick within the 14 the five top games in here. And I, as if you listen to my last episode, um, you know, where we talked about the movie, uh, the movie aspect of it, then you know that you already know what my top, what, what the three, three of the five is going to be. But let's talk about it. And this was hard, too, because number five. Was hard. I I really I I have some honorable mentions as well, but five was the hard to, hardest to pick out. Three, two, and one was not in this case. Um, but I went with Ultimate Mortal Kombat three because this was a very significant title, both in the arcades and in the home version. And this also Ultimate Mortal Kombat three was probably the best in terms of tournament play. This was used in a lot of tournament fighting as well because there was, for the first time ever, Mortal Kombat had some form of a strategy built into their game system. They had an attack uh, format now, they had a running combo play. You can now run in Mortal Kombat 3, which then you can go in and start busting out this huge combo aspect to it, and you can break the combos as well. I mean, there's a lot of competitional type of aspect, in- aspect to it. Plus, at the time, it was probably the biggest roster of characters that they had they had about 23 characters in there and that thing that was including four hidden characters in the game as well so it it brought a lot of really good gameplay aspect to it plus it had its core you know uh ga- you know single player ladder that allowed you to go to, you know fight all your way to the ending of or the what if endings is like what i like to call a lot of the characters of what happens so you know the story the core story still felt there and then it was a a huge extra gameplay element, but that tag format was so cool, and they still use that tag format to this day. So, which is great. So, Mortal Kombat, uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three, was my game for this because I, I, I found myself—I remember—I found myself rebuying that game so many times before there was a downloadable content. <laughs> I found myself going and buying that game all over again in game stores, and just like you know, it was like. 15 bucks 12 bucks 10 bucks at the time you know i just i just kept getting it it was there's something really fun about that game and then i would trade it back off before there was such thing as digital downloading so um number four for me i think without a doubt was one of my favorites out of all of them i mean because they brought so much continuity into this game mortal Kombat deceptions was my absolute favorite mostly because and uh, the, the extra modes that they had in here, a lot of the modes that a lot of people wanted to see come back for Mortal Kombat 11, including chess combat. Chess combat was absolutely a lot of fun. You didn't even have to learn how to play chess. The only thing you had to learn is how to fight because you played, I guess you could play chess with this game, you play through and every time your your um, your move pieces connects with another, your opponent's move pieces, it leads into an actual fight. Can I say that that was some of the most awesome form of gameplay aspect ever? And the replay value was so high. When Mortal Kombat 11 was coming out and we knew they were going to do a lot of different things with it. There were so many people on on Twitter and and on social media that were begging. It's still begging for chess combat. I still wish that they would find a way to bring that in. But I do believe that... Another Mortal Kombat game is coming based upon the story aspect of it. It, You know, my my theory is that another Mortal Kombat game has to be in the works because there's one more character that they haven't fleshed out yet. And that is Unaga, the Dragon King, which premiered and debuted on Mortal Kombat Deception. And he was said to be the most powerful boss of all of the Mortal Kombat uh, saga at this point. This was right before Armageddon. But this was also after Deadly Alliance. Deadly Alliance, of course, uh, was very significant because for the first time, that was the first time we saw Quan Chi and Shang Tsung team up to, you know, become a more powerful deal. But the most significant part of Deadly Alliance was they killed Liu Kang. And that right right there alone was the selling point of Deadly Alliance. That was, that game was there. And then also. They led into Deception, which you know, Raiden became sort of the main character of the Mortal Kombat universe at this point because they really did a great job of making sure that Liu Kang was not a big focus in the core story, even though he was a playable character, because he was he's Liu Kang and everybody loves Liu Kang, but he wasn't nearly a part of that core story of it all. So Unaga comes in. And he is becoming. He was released because of a guy, of a character, a new character in this particular game called uh, Shunjinku, which is a character that you get to play in another really cool mode called Conquest Mode, which is kind of an open world type of experience that gives you tells you the narrative of this young warrior, and you 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 live vicariously through this character throughout the throughout ages of Mortal Kombat, his journey was met because he had this, you know, disembodied voice, you know, lead him into this adventure to find these objects. Come to find out that this disembodied voice was in fact Unaga, who was tricking him into, spoiler alert by the way, who was tricking Shunjinko into getting the items needed to free him, which then leads into Mortal Kombat Deception and the main arcade story mode of it all. So here you have this awesome, open world type of gameplay which you which does lead into you fighting in certain against certain matches and also leads uh shun learning new different moves as well so you have that aspect he's getting a chance to learn different fighting moves of his own so you know there's a create you know kind of a customization aspect to it as well in a role-playing game aspect action fighting role-playing game aspect to this too so it was such a great game and I actually still had this game on the PS um P, a, AKA PS Vita. You know cuz they came out with that for the uh for the PSP. It is such a great form of storytelling that led up to the premiere and it would what, what it did for more it did more for Unaga than it did for Shun, uh, Shunjinku, cuz I I think you got to play him as in in Armageddon but I don't think you did. I I don't remember if you did. But it made the drag it helped you flesh out the dragon king it helped you flesh out the character unaga so much more to understand what this character is all about so i again ed boon did a great job i don't think Netherrealm studios existed during this time it was just midway at this point that, that they were working with at the time to create these games and these these series of games on the playstation um so i in and, and xbox i believe too but it was so great. I love the story of this. I love how he was fooled into doing this. Now, it wasn't it wasn't perfect because it was the time, so they were limited to how they could do it. Like, you can't compare this to 9, 10, and 11, you know, at this point, because, you know, they were in better systems that could allow them to do more. But for what they were able to do for at this time, was so awesome. So you get to play this conquest mode, and then you play the normal story arcade mode, which then has... All of them leading up to fighting, you know, uh, Unaga Uh, and Unaga is he was a beast. I mean, literally, he was a beast, Um, but also in a fighting sense, he was a beast, too. And it just made it so the whole experience worthwhile. And I had me talking about the other actual extra mode, and that was puzzle combat. That was this was awesome. Puzzle combat was their version of Tetris but if you lose you get a fatality and they had these super de- it was more like well i say tetris but i also say that it was more like um capcom's um puzzle fighter because you know there were puzzle fighter was super deformed versions of the street fighter characters and the dark and the Dark stalker characters as well and the final fight characters as well and but in this case if you get defeated by your opponent you're Super deformed character gets a fatality as well. So there was just so much great continuity. Like if if anything, I hope that Netherrealm Studios could, in fact, possibly bring some of these games back, like maybe Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 and Mortal Kombat Deceptions and Deadly Alliance back and such. Because even Armageddon, Armageddon actually has its place as well for some significant reasons. I'll talk about that too. But I really wish that they would bring some of these back and have some type of anthology or whatever like that, because these games are worth playing. But unfortunately, they did not make the top five. What did make the top five was Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat Deceptions, and number three, which is Mortal Kombat 9. Why this made it here? And in some cases, arguably, some people can say that this could be number one, but what Ed Boom and NetherRealm Studios was able to do here it was that like if you if you're if you've been a hardcore fan of Mortal Kombat from one to Armageddon, then you know what has been going on from one to Armageddon. They had this tournament at, at one against Shang Tsung, two Shao Kahn and Outworld, three out from there, and then four, you had Shinnok. Four, I would definitely say, and a lot of people will say this as well, that was probably the weakest Of all of the Mortal Kombat games Um, Even though Shinnok was kind of a Cool character at the time I think he's a better character now than he ever was And they actually were able to reboot and revamp him And give him a new coat of paint Per se It was their first time Venturing into the 3D aspect Of it as well And it was okay but it didn't have that same Flare that they do but they had to pray they had to practice on it so that played the template for now what they were seeing in deadly alliance and all these other games that they were coming out even the spinoffs and everything so when you get up to get out to nine you've already seen everything that happened at armageddon and pretty much everybody died in armageddon everybody but but one and that was like raiden and, and shao khan and that's what kind of led into Mortal Kombat 9. But what they did was they took the strategy that was done by Marvel. Which was X-Men's classic tale. Days of Future Past. And they took that that, 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 that template and actually made it better. Because if you guys read the Days of Future Past comic book, not the movie. It was like a one, two, maybe three issue Series, but what they did here was totally use that element to create, to recreate, and reboot everything. But not also, but not really rebooting it actually, because to reboot, like say Mortal Kombat reboot, the Mortal Kombat movie reboot, that will not acknowledge anything that's happened in the past. It won't acknowledge the original 1985 movie. It won't acknowledge the Annihilation movie. It doesn't need to. It won't acknowledge the the legacy or any of that it won't acknowledge any of that what it will do is just totally start it from scratch but here you have mortal kombat 9 which they go back into time and rewrite a lot of the things that happened you know in the past to try to correct them so in hindsight it's a reboot but it really is not but they did manage to you know rewrite a lot of things in there you got you know instead of smoke being the first character to become a site uh a linkoi cyber ninja it was sub zero. You had, you know, at this point, you know, the big, you know, big thing of it all. Lu Lu Kang wasn't killed by the Deadly Alliance. He was killed by Raiden. You know, so you had these new aspects and these new elements happening here that Raiden was rewriting for them. Cabal, you know, he, you know, his storyline was changed. There were so many different changes in the storyline here that it just recreated the whole type of experience. It was, I call it one of the greatest reboots ever told in anything because you got a chance to reboot the the franchise without, but also still acknowledging everything that has happened before it. Not even DC has been able to do that with their rewrites because when they they do like the new 52 or the new rebirth or whatever like that, there's no acknowledgement of whatever happened during the golden age or the past and everything. It's like everything, you know, happens anew. Not this here. And I think NetherRealm Studios and Ed Boon does not get enough credit for what they've done. Um, it's just really awesome. I love what they did with 9. So in argue, it's, it's, some can possibly argue that this should be number one. Unfortunately to me, it's not because when I played it again this week, I, you know, I did realize some of the limitations now. I, I, I still praise Mortal Kombat 9 very high on my list. Uh, it's number three. But when it comes time to talk about the character development, the well, not the character development. No, I won't even say that. The character design, the dialogue, the dialogue, there's a few things that are dated about Mortal Kombat 9 that I noticed now, especially after playing 10 and 11. So um, there there were some dated things for it, but the the actual core storytelling of it was very strong. It was still strong. The dialogue was kind of cheesy now after, you know, playing the latter games but it still has a strong place because if not for this and and the fact that it allowed you to play mortal kombat 1 2 and 3 all over again but have a much more stronger narrative and play it and play it in a way that we never got a chance to play it when it was in this 2d era it was just amazing it was also paying homage to those original three games and giving it more of a stronger narrative to it as well. So I did not mind it at all, Um, which leads into my number two, Mortal Kombat 10. Why? Now, it's funny because Mortal Kombat 10 technically is a transitional storytelling or former storytelling because it focused highly on the Cage family, uh, Johnny and and Sonya and uh, Casey. In this case, and also, you know, Jackie Briggs as well on Air Connection. So they kind of it was a transitional story as well. They had characters in there that for some reason didn't make it back on 11. Uh, And they still didn't tell us what happened with that. But uh, because I really actually did like those other new characters um, that was involved in there as well. But what it did, though, what I absolutely love is that they corrected and strengthened what was so wrong. With Mortal Kombat 4, this was the redemption for Mortal Kombat 4, and they did a great job, with, you know, bringing in Shinnok, and Quan Chi, and, and and bringing in those elements. So I never liked Street Fighter 4, but Street Fighter 10 was the rebooted Street Fighter 4, and for that they did a great job making Shinnok a big deal, making Quan Chi a big deal. Quan Chi was always a big. Quan Chi was actually a bigger deal than Shinnok, and you know, in all aspects. But you know, they made shinnok a more likable stronger antagonist in this game a more powerful guy that you should you know respect in this game um so they i love what they did with this i loved everything about it the you know the character design was much better this time around they uh you know they added on the qte you know uh buttons you know quick time event button uh, play that they had for injustice in here um the acting was much better this time around the dialogue the you know the stories that they were telling everything was just much stronger this time around the production was a lot stronger they actually started hiring top quality actors this time around because the other that i think that was the problem with that was with the with mortal Kombat 9 is that not everybody in there was they had kevin michael Richardson in there and that was pretty much it <laughs> but, you know, and they had some other great actors, but the lines that were given and everything wasn't stellar. But this time around, they had uh, Phil Lamar added to the game. They had, um, you know, uh, I think Fred Tattasher was in the game as well. They had a whole slew of different top quality voice uh, voiceover actors and actors in general playing these roles. Um, Kelly Who was playing DeVar in here. So. They went all out this time around. Like, the budget, you could tell the budget got bigger for um, when Warner Brothers was off. Obviously, the budget got bigger. Look, they got a movie coming out tomorrow that everybody's anticipating. It's been talked about all over media at this point. So, the budget got bigger with them, and the story got bigger, and the acting got better. And just in terms of all quality, it just got better. But even still, replaying it again... And especially especially playing both nine and ten on the PlayStation 5, you do kind of see its limitations because PlayStation 5 is such a powerful uh, core system and it, it 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 applies to 4K now. You kind of see the the uh, the blemishes of both of those games. But with that said, it was still great. I mean, the, the core gameplay of both games were awesome. You had the x-ray, you know, moves that you could pull off, which you're still gritty and grimy and brutal as hell you had on on mortal Kombat 10 uh you had the environmental uh aspects as well much like you know another element that they took from injustice one and two so there was so much more forms of storytelling everything meant something in in each game and that's what made them so great so um and honestly i didn't like the fact that johnny cage was the biggest focus because at the time he was Never consider he was the comedy relief of the bunch and now you got Liu kang dead kung lao dead and then you got him and you know taking over but it was a time to make them you know more relevant and more important characters and evolve characters so I, to that extent i respect it and i do like johnny cage now this older version more mature version of johnny cage um i love the character i love Sonya's character always did and i love the story that they really brought in between the three and cassie and all this stuff too so i I enjoyed it i enjoyed it what i didn't like about it is that they still never really got into the their powers and why johnny has his powers and why it was inherited to casey and what is going to do they never really um dived in big with that and that's kind of left open-ended as well so but nonetheless still mortal kombat 10 really helped transition to what's about to happen in my number one pick for top favorite game and it's Does anybody need a crystal ball to predict the obvious here? It absolutely is going to be Mortal Kombat 11. There's no in hell I can actually say that this game did not meet standards. Um, The acting, the actors just got bigger. The actors got bigger. I mean, I can go into the motion of telling you... uh, who. I mean, the acting in here just... Let me see. Mortal Kombat. Oops. Nope, not Challenge Monks, which we'll talk about. But I 11, IMDB. Go in here. Because everything about this game just got big. From production, like again, the budget just got bigger. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. God, I can't type. And look at the same time <laughs> um there we go I, I mean even before it went to every, even before they had a playstation 5 version it, everything about it um i mean steve i mean steve bloom came in, in in number five too that was i forgot to mention steve Bloom because he officially became sub-zero on um in five he was also baraka in reptile in here as well um you had who else in here People that you that you've seen. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention (laughs) Jackie Briggs has been played by two different uh, people, two of two of which has played in different D.C. projects as well. Um, Who is this? The recent Jackie Briggs was uh, Megalian. I can't pronounce her name. Ekun Wake, who also has played in many different House of Lies. She played in 24. Um, I believe she was Vixen in the animated series, uh, Vixen, the animated series with um, Stephen Amell and all those guys. So so they were, you know, she's playing uh, Jackie. But before that, uh, she, who, the woman who played on, who plays on a Flash. Combat X. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, what else is Mortal Kombat X Generations? Uh, Mortal Kombat X. Let's just type that in. Okay, that's not it. But uh, she plays on a flash. She uh, uh, she plays. Um, um, so, oh, man, I am totally blacking out on this. Uh, the flash. flash. I am DB. Cast and crew. God, I wish they made it easy. Yes, uh, Danielle Nicolette. Uh, she played the original Jackie Briggs On number on part four So I mean they added so much more I mean you had um, by the way Troy Baker as Chinock. Um God Kelly who once again Playing DeVara Jennifer Hale uh, playing Kronika um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn was in this game as well It I mean oh, This game was just so Awesome Ronda Rousey which People I'm sorry y'all can hate on Ronda Rousey if you want I thought Ronda Rousey did a pretty good job as Sonya Blade. And if you replay the Mortal Kombat 10, you really can't tell the difference in terms of voice. The actress who played Sonya Blade on the first one sounded like Ronda Rousey or Ronda Rousey sounded like her. And I don't think she did a bad job at all. In fact, she was just Ronda Rousey in here. And then on top of this, you got the return of Carrie Hiroyuki, to Gawa reprising his role as Shang Soon. Um, it just got so much better. Sylvester Stallone was here because he replayed Rambo. I mean, they, had, they added so many other. Ad- Christopher Lambert repri- reprised his role as Raiden and as an extra character. It was just so much good to this. And then on top of this, the story of Mortal Kombat 11 was basically. Raiden going back you know Raiden becoming evil but they t- really changed it again they kind of rewritten written it all over again because chronica wanted to change the dynamic of time and find a way to destroy raiden in the process and Luke kang was the element of this Luke kang who was a revenant version of himself as well as katana and a few others you know she rewritten time brought back all of the characters right before kung lao died at the hands of shao khan So he never died as a result. So they rewrote that out of the way. Kung Lao's back. They rewrote the whole thing. And this led to all of this led to Liu Kang becoming Fire God. What a way to close this damn. uh, If this was the last game that they ever made for Mortal Kombat, they went out with a bang. But I know it's not the case. They still got more story to tell here. Uh, and then on top of that, much to our surprise, they added Aftermath, which was a an entire game kind of focusing on Shang Tsung, and allowing us to enjoy the talents of Carry Hero uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa at his best. And it just showed how why we love the original 1995 Mortal Kombat game before. And again, they also added um the a lot of the as extra characters. They added, you know, Spawn. They added rambo robocop it just kept giving us i just talked about dead or alive eight uh, i'm sorry dead or alive six in our last segment and they were trying to give give more money in, in less continuity in a sense but the continuity that they were giving was very superficial and hollow it didn't add anything to the experience everything that mortal kombat 11 gave us added fully onto the experience every character every dlc character that we got played majorly into the into the world of mortal kombat whether it was robocop whether it was rambo and somehow they fit rambo for some reason fit every bit as good in this game okay uh they even went all out of their way to get extra they got christopher lambert uh back to play raiden as an extra character that you could play through on um you know, the story and the arcade towers, which, by the way, if you play the arcade towers, every character that you play allows you to play and get an actual ending to it. Unlike Dead or Alive 6 uh, arcade mode. If you play my Shirinui, you just play, you're just fighting. You play as Sylvester Stallone as Rambo. Rambo actually has an explanation as to why he's in this world with all of these different characters. And it makes all the sense in the world. You got even Lyndon Apsey is back as Johnny Cage in that mode too. You got uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras, which speaks volumes of what we thought of the original Sonya Blade on 1995 because everybody loved her on air, and then they got some other actress to play it, and we all forgot, so... <laughs> But so much stellar talent. Will Young Lee as Kung Lao. He played on Hawaii 5 and a whole bunch of other different great um, series as well. Just they spared no expense in this series. I tell you, it was so great. I love what they did with the Jax character in here as well. There's one story element in here that I loved and I always love. It's it's a very small aspect of the story and it involves what Jax has been going through. Since his wife died Since you know The events of You know 10 And He's been He's been struggling Mentally Hard through this whole thing Since becoming a You know Becoming a Revenant He had the PTSD That was going on With that aspect And then on top of that You know He's being manipulated By Chronica. And then there's that one scene Where um, Where uh, Centrion Who's played by my, One of my favorite people Mary Elizabeth McGlynn who you guys remember I just you know uh was one of my guests for the Naruto trivia at RePop's metaverse uh she was Centrión. she plays Centrión in a, in the game and there was a really great scene where it involved her and and you know the older recent relevant uh, um more recent version of Jax going into um Jackie and hit the younger version of Jax. and the look on older Jax's face when he said that he wasn't, he was helping um, Centrion and Chronica to help, to you know, to assure Jackie's uh, future. It was awesome because when he took the crown and went away and you could see it, you don't, if you don't, you really pay attention. You can see his arm shaking, you get his head is down. He looks ashamed. He looks, you know, he like he's struggling. He's fighting with himself to make sure that he's doing the right thing for the right reasons and his arms just shaking it was beautiful tension to detail right there i love that one thing i did love too is uh phil lamar phil lamar is just so absolutely fantastic and phil lamar as koto khan is awesome just like he was with aquaman on uh injustice he i love him but for god's sakes did he not get his ass handed to him in this this damn game he got his ass whipped so many times in his game it ain't funny um Shokan was hilarious Shokan remind me of triple h from wwe in here it and it, 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 not only that but um <laughs> actually her, him and Sindel was like it, they were totally remind me of triple h and stephanie mcmahon <laughs> it's hilarious but then also the graphics were upgraded um everything was just turned up to the volume 50 at this point um, everybody looked real. I love that they had more representation in this time around. Like if you watch what they did with Katana, the Katana character model, she now has an Asian, you know, she's now, a you know, an Asian woman as opposed to a Caucasian woman on, on nine. And I believe 10 she was. And they just totally revamped her. She looks real. Every character in here looks beautiful. They look Natural. They look like real human beings um, in here. Their facial expressions, the the texture of the faces, um, Shang Soon's faces alone, because it's, it's based around uh, the motion caption of uh, of Carrie Tagawa. You can see the craters in the face and everything. It's just such attention to detail. They, you know, it's hard to say that this is not only just the best Mortal Kombat game of them all, but also probably one of the best fighting games in a long time. And the fact that this is American made makes me kind of patriotic. here that we can pull this type of quality coming from america we usually see this type of quality in japan mortal Kombat right now is the game to beat and it's a testament of it because tomorrow we're going to be or today if you're as or friday you know the 23rd if you're listening to this later we're celebrating a movie based on a game franchise that has lasted for a couple decades now And more than a couple decades, and it's just a testament of how great the storytelling it is, and the character development, and everything that's going on here. And my goodness, Mortal Kombat, and it, it, Mortal Kombat was not only a game changer just from its franchise, but it was a game changer for a lot more reasons. You know, it it went to Congress. (laughs) It was. It, it it started the the uh, the rating system, if you will, because of its violence. You know that, and, and and another game, what night? What is it? Night Trap or whatever like that. You know, those games have really brought in the adult aspect of video games. And to that, I say thank you, Ed Boom. To that, I say even thank you, John Tobias. Thank you to uh, all of the people in Netherrealm Realm for making such a awesome game series through the years had such a great time uh playing this and i look forward to what they're going to do next because guess what i guarantee you we're getting another mortal Kombat game it, it's there's no way in hell we're not unaga still not even in the picture there's so many other characters that they haven't even brought in that they that you kind of seen a little bit here and there and then loving i i trust me they're in the works they're in the works and with the playstation 5 now here guaranteed we're going to see something really awesome here hopefully we'll get chess combat and puzzle combat back as well so we'll see folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys are will enjoy this very memorable monumental and historic week and hopefully there will be more change to come from this point on shout out to everybody who have fought who have you know made their voice heard and you know help to make change in any type of way even the smallest little things make a change in this world in every aspect so thank you to that, but also thank you for being a part of the show thank you for supporting the show thank you for su- uh, supporting all of the shows that we do here on talk time live so if you want to catch up on not only this episode but all of our episodes you could go to TalkTimeLive.com. you could check us out there and you can see that and our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things anime comics, movies, and games. If you want to never miss a beat, you want to subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms, you can also do so. We're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popbean, TuneIn, Audible, PocketCast, and Pandora. You can check all of those as well. This week... Do I need again? Do you need a crystal ball to predict the obvious of what, I, what we're gonna be talking about <laughs> this Sunday on the Prime Show? We're going to talk about a review, give my review of Mortal Kombat and see if this thing lives up. I am hoping. I'm hearing that it does um, from people. I am looking very much forward to uh, That's this in a Chicago deep dish. That's all is gonna happen. I'm gonna give you reviews on all that. But also, we got the series finale. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's spe- what a week for us to see Sam Wilson don that shield of all weeks. Again, great timing on Marvel and best believe they had no idea what this week was going to entail. But to top it off, we're going to see what I'm going to call graduation, <laughs> the passing of the torch. We're going to see not only sam take over that shield but we're going to see this brand new suit that he kind of teased us last week with so i am looking forward to this we're going to talk about all that plus invincible which is out today by the way people uh if you're listening to this on thursday it now uh, comes out on thursday so get ready um i finally remembered that they're doing it now so it's not get in the way of you know uh falcon and the winter soldier and then on top of that mortal Kombat. so they're trying to get ahead i don't blame them at all so go out of your way to check that out but we're going to be reviewing all that next week and again in May, Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Barto, the voice of Sailor Jupiter, the voice of Joe from Kid uh, Cosmic and writer of a lot of great shows as well. We're going to talk to her, see what she's up to uh, and catch up with her again. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more. So, folks, that will do it for me on behalf of myself. This is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, "Learn to let go, live life, love all things—anime, comics, movies, and games." This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a blessed week, people.